It is episode number 71 of the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. Thank you for uh, tuning in. So many things to discuss today with Dr. Jay LaGuardia. We'll get to him in just a minute, but do have to first say thanks to the sponsors of the show, Midwest Meals, my buddy Dan Beck over there doing great things. I, I wish I had Dan's uh, when I was 26, I was making decisions like Dan Beck is because he's doing amazing things and, and doing it locally and also helping you not only during the pandemic and some of the struggles that go along with that, but in overall health, trying to get your macro count correct, trying to know what you're putting in your body. He's got all the good stuff. It's all there. And they got that new machine that's actually allowing you to keep your meals fresher longer. It's um, It really streamlines the whole process. So check out MidwestMeals.com. they got 13 rotating meals. They update, put new ones in there each week. Uh, lean turkey tacos, man. i got to go with that. I don't care if it's Taco Tuesday, Taco Wednesday. It's just Taco Week. That's my jam. Uh, use the promo code COOPER at checkout, and you get 10% off your order at MidwestMeals.com. Also, thanks to uh, Monster Energy, Monster Podcast, Monster Hydro. Definitely during uh, times when you don't think you're dehydrated. I've been outside working for the last, feels like forever. You don't really realize you're being dehydrated when you're outside in these cold winter months, but you are. So make sure you're hydrating. Monster Hydro gives you the caffeine, gives you the branched-chain amino acids, and a whole bunch of different vitamins and minerals in there as well. Plus, super hydrating for you to get through your day. So check out Monster Energy, Monster Hydro at a convenience store near you. Dr. Jay LaGuardia, my friend, is uh, back on the show. It was, uh, uh, we talked back in April. Or no, it was, I, I shouldn't say that. It was March 20th was the last time we spoke. And and, and I have some great, uh, uh, great tidbits from that podcast that we were in such a different world, it seems like, way back then. But I do have to say, first off, thank you for joining. And also, I know you you just had you had a hip replaced, and you're like back to just kicking ass and taking names. It's it's impressive, man. How are you feeling? Doing great. Thanks for having me back on. It's always fun to chat with you, and uh, our conversations um, are interesting, and they go all over the place. So I think your listeners today uh, will have much to chew on. And let me just say, I'm a big fan of Midwest. Midwest Meals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use it regularly um, to uh, make sure I fulfill my macros during my workouts so uh, I can get back to 100%. Which, by the way, when people think of hip replacement, think of an old guy. I, I say, it, it, well, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it, it was an injury that progressed over a period of time. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm kind of old, but it had more to do with an injury than, uh, than the age issue. Well, no, I, I think that's because I, I saw the post that went out after you had just gotten out of surgery, and and like a couple of days later, you're you're back at the gym. Obviously, it's it's not something you just go back to to throwing heavy stuff around and, and going full full tilt. But it it really reiterated to me like the miracle of medicine and the things that that can be done. Because and I don't think it's necessarily an age thing, but I think when you heard of somebody, whether it was a football player or uh, it was always like, oh, well, that's that's it. You know, they're you're going to you're going to notice them walking around with this, you know, hitching their giddy up for the rest of their life. But it, it just amazes me how far that, that medicine has come and the things that uh, that that doctors can do to the human body. And and you're already back, you know, working out full tilt, just kicking ass and taking names now. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, the thing is, is that I went into surgery in in as top shape as I possibly could. Mm. Uh, even the doctor came out and he said to me, he goes, we don't normally operate on people like you, you know, um, the level of fitness and condition and leanness, you know, made it so much easier for them. But my whole intention was not to impress him. My intention was to maximize and expedite the healing process so I can get back to my normal life. Right. And, uh, and, and it also helps to own a fitness studio F45 as we do here in Eau Claire, you know, so I have the, the access of the top, you know, quality equipment to, to, uh, to help me on that path. And I think that's, you mentioned a couple of really important points there is when you have to go through something like that, maybe not, uh, you know, a major surgery like that, but, but having yourself in a, uh, a healthy state physically, uh, mentally, I think is huge too, because there's, there's a lot of drain I'm sure that goes into, uh, knowing how active that you, you were before the surgery. And again, how active you are already back just, you know, what, almost, uh, just over a month out or post-surgery. Yeah if you're not quite ready to go into that mentally, it can be like, well, I, 
you can kind of get the depression can set in. But I think if your mindset's right and your health is right and your your body's in good shape, um, you know, the turnaround time, I think, is uh, is miraculous. Not to mention the fact that the surgery is uh, as leaps and bounds over, I think, what it you know, what it was 10, 15 years ago. For sure. And the mental side of it, you're absolutely right. You know, for at least three or four weeks prior to the surgery, uh, in my morning routine, when I would do my meditation, I would literally visualize, right, Mm -hmm. a successful outcome. And I also, this may sound weird to your audience, but I'm kind of eccentric when it comes to things like this, is I was literally given thanks to my hip for getting to me to this point and all the amazing things I've been able to do in my life. You know what I mean? Rather than rejecting the the, the joint that failed because of injury, you know, I, I, I gave thanks. And, and the visualization of the outcome was so important because I already can see the end in mind. And therefore, I just needed to fill in the gaps and do what I need to do. And we talked a lot uh, about meditation and in and, and your routine. Again, the uh, Power, Passion, Prosperity podcast. For those who don't know, Dr. J has has a phenomenal show that uh, for, for anybody from any walk of life uh, can benefit from uh, the, the messages that are within there. But we did talk a lot about uh, your routine, uh, my routine, you know, kind of our, you know, the structure of our mornings and, and really how even during the beginning of, of COVID-19, because again, we talked in March 20th. So we were, you know, a couple days into what was, the, the lockdowns, uh, you know, the safer at home ordinance, um, the 15 days to flatten the curve, which is, I don't know, I'm just checking my watch here, but I think nine months. I think nine, nine months and 15 days is, is where yeah. we're at at this point. But, you know, a lot of the things we talked about, and this was in the, in the infancy of this whole thing, was the mindset of not knowing what tomorrow is going to bring necessarily as far as what you can and can't do. You know, that there's all the stressors that come with, you know, they had shut the schools down. So I was, you know, I, I became a teacher, you know, in the interim, which was great. It's on my resume now. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I would, I'm not sure that it's going to get me much employment, but, but I think a lot of it, just, just knowing that you start your day off with this, um, this kind of meditation, I know you do a lot of, uh, you know, visualization for, for your day and the things you want to accomplish. And there's a lot of gratitude that goes into it, uh, but kind of explain the importance of that now that we are nine months and 15 days into, into the, the COVID pandemic, you know, how important is that? Because I, I think that we've seen, there's a lot of evidence that people aren't doing that because there's a lot of stress, a lot of tension, a lot of angst and a lot of nerves going on in the world right now. Um, but explain the importance of, of having that routine to kind of start your day and how it, it, it really has kept you, you know, positive during all of this. You know, Coop, your environment controls you or you control your environment. Mm. And if you're going to be in control of your environment, you have to be intentional in the activities that you participate in to exact an outcome. And what I mean by that is, you know, a morning routine sets the tone of the day. Mm. It gets us focused on accomplishing certain tasks, gets us focused on how do we want to show up for the day, whether it's preparing for a podcast, a sales call, a meeting with a friend, just how you want to interact with your family. Mm -hmm. And that, I try to take as much randomness out of that as possible. So to to give you an example, as as you also know, I I do consulting with entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there were entrepreneurs that I work with that didn't do so well, like so many this year. And then there were entrepreneurs who had the best year ever. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference? Same climate, same environment, same restrictions, right? Mm-hmm. Now there's variations depending on the type of business that you're in. So I'll take that for, you know, that's, that's um, a factor. However, the ones that succeeded are the ones who chose each day to prepare their mind for success. Mm-hmm. So I have a habit of ritual of engaging the eight habits of success every morning. Been doing it for 20 something years because I want to affect my environment. I don't want to be a victim of of my environment. And that is essentially what's going on in in our culture today. You know, the, the right now, the biggest pandemic in my, and I'm sure we'll cover this, right. Mm. Is, is the pandemic of fear Mm. and fear just grips us and moves us away 
from expressing our highest self. It's, it's actually literally impossible to be at your best when you're present in fear. And then some people say, well, I'm not. But all you have to do is listen to the things you say, things that you listen to and the actions that you take. And it's easy to see that people are steeped and just, just focused in fear. And so there's a small portion of our brain called the limbic system where all emotion exhibits from. And so when we're expressing fear from our limbic portion of our brain, it affects our prefrontal cortex, which is the logic portion of the brain. So you can't be in your right mind where you're stuck in fear. In other words, you can't, you shouldn't be making any kind of major decisions because you're not in a good place to be able to make the decision logically and rationally. Mm -hmm. So that's why so many decisions right now that have been made over the last year have not been good decisions because we, you know, we're not, in a, we're not in a good place. And so being able to each morning set my intention of how do I choose to show up? What emotion do I want to experience? The information I put in, right? Clearing my mind, visualizing my outcome for my day, reading, listening to a great podcast, whatever it might be, I'm setting myself up for success. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean every day goes perfectly because it doesn't. It just gives me the tools when shit goes off. Sorry, didn't mean to say that. When stuff goes oh, off God. the rails, right? Because it invariably does. I have the skill sets to pull it back on the rails really quickly and get back to intention and focus on my outcomes. I think there's there's so many valuable things to be taken out of that. Just when you talk about about fear, and and I don't want to call it the inescapability, but it's everywhere that you look right now. And for, for people that are either stuck at home or they're working reduced hours, you know, a lot of people's time ends up on social media, paying attention to things going on in the news. And let's be honest, Jay, there's, if you're, if you're in that realm, there's not a lot of positive things coming uh, out of those channels at this moment. Now, occasionally someone shows a picture of a puppy or a kid or what they had for <laughs> right. supper last night. You're like, Hmm, that looks good. I'll try that recipe. But the majority of it is depending on, you know, your the news feeds that you get uh, from the different news outlets, what you watch on television, even the people that are in your inner circle or your close group of friends on social media. There's not a lot of regarding COVID. There's just not a lot of these positive things being put out there. It's it's fear based. Um, it's people are are not there's confusion, which I think is an, is an underlying factor of fear. When you don't know what's going on, you tend to be a little more frightened about, about the surroundings that are around you. So a lot of people get, you can really be overwhelmed with uh, this, all this information coming in that is really all just dripping with fear. And every day it's something new, you know, there's not, there's not, uh, there's rarely a day that goes by where there's a, this great news story that comes out about something great that's happened. Now we can, you and I will, we'll get to the vaccine conversation and how, when that news came out, it seemed like, Oh, well, there we go. Look at that. We've, we've solved the world's problems. Oh, wait, let's, 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 let's hold up the, the pickup truck on that one. But other than that, every day seems to be there. There's, there's another story that comes out. There's another stat that comes out. You know, you look at the, uh, you know, I got the, the, the CDC uh, website up here and, and people will go to that and they'll look at just numbers and, and they'll just go, oh my gosh, you know, look, we're just we're on this trajectory. This there's no curve anymore. It's just a straight line up. So I think the things that you're talking about when you talk about clearing your mind and setting your intentions for the day and how you're going to uh, how you're going to navigate through the you know through the river that is each and every day is so important because if you're getting up right away in the morning and the first thing you're doing is putting your phone in front of your face and scrolling through your newsfeed. It, you may not even have a foot out of bed yet, and you're going, "Oh shit!" Uh, well, guess what? That's happening today. And, and if it's and it's not just COVID stuff. I mean, obviously, there's a whole political landscape that that is is insanely negative right now. That before your foot hits the floor, as you step out of bed, that can set the tone for your day. And I think people need to be aware of how you can. Take a little time to yourself. Take a little time for your mind before you jump into the, the world that is maybe a little chaotic these days. 
You know, um, Gandhi said, protect the garden of your mind. Don't allow people with dirty feet to walk through it. Mm -hmm. And what he was talking about, obviously, is what we choose to uh, engage in um, will determine how far we go in life. And so I've been on a media, social media, other than my, my, my fan page, you know, mm. where I'm only putting positive stuff out there. I've been on a fast for four months now. Mm. It's the best thing I've ever done. And I did this last year and it felt amazing. And then I kind of got sucked back into it, you know, with all the stuff that was going on with COVID and what, you know, I, I'm a voracious reader. I, 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 I do research, you know, and um, and then you get caught up in the political aspect of it. I just I just saw myself and I didn't like who I was. I didn't like where I was going. So I knew what was feeding that. And it was all the negativity. So I, I fat, I've been fasting mm -hmm. and it's, it's the best fast I've ever done. <laughs> you know, I feel more energetic, mm -hmm. more at peace, more calm, more focused on my purpose and serving and helping people than I've ever been before. And when we think about, you brought up a really good point. You said, you know, it's true. First thing you get up in the morning, and for most people, they leave their phone right by the bed, mm -hmm. which is a whole other conversation. It's really dangerous for you because your phone is emitting EMFs. And if you have a 5G phone, you better put that phone in the garage at night. <laughs> Somebody else's okay? garage. Put it in your neighbor's yeah, garage. Else's, I, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Um, but that's another conversation. And the first thing you do is you pick up that phone and you look at that phone and you look at the newsreels or news alerts, whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden, that same um, emotional cycle kicks in. What happens is your body starts to produce adrenaline and cortisol. Mm. And these are two hormones that when they're in high amounts consistently um, lead to pretty nasty stuff long term. Um, cortisol suppresses testosterone in men. Mm. So uh, it leads to di uh, depression and weight gain. And it leads to anxiety and loss of muscle tone and strength and feeling less than. It downregulates our immune system. So it literally makes you more susceptible to the thing you're literally fearing about. It's making you more susceptible if you come in contact with getting sick or if you do get sick having a worse outcome. Mm. So what we don't realize is, is every emotion manifests itself physically in our body, either in a good way or a positive way. And what it does, it literally triggers our genes to respond. And so if done so over a chronic period of time, then eventually then it could throw the body into a state of dis-ease. And so, you know, all the nasty stuff we all know about. Right. And it's, uh, and we can go on a, a whole nother conversation about, about social media and, and its addiction, uh, and, and, and how it, uh, what was the, the, the social network, but there was a, a great documentary, uh, yeah. that, that came out on Netflix. I can't recall the name it was the social dilemma, the social dilemma. That was it. Yeah. Um, that, that talked about the addiction that people can get to social media and to reaction and you know the uh, the boost that you get when somebody likes your your post or the the, the feeling, yeah, the endorphins that 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 enter your body, um, and how it affect you know how it's affecting kids in, in their perspective of not just social media but how the world functions. Um, but a great documentary. I, I recommend people just just for knowledge sake to check it out and and, and maybe uh, do some self reflecting on um, on the effect that social media has in your life. But I, I do feel that there's, there's people that have, especially now because of COVID and whether that's, whether the, the reasoning is this makes me feel closer to people I can't necessarily be in contact with, or, you know, I just, I just want to be aware of what's going on, but that becomes the crux of their entire day. I mean, there's from, again, the foot out of bed to the last thing you're doing before you go, you know, before you fall asleep, you know, where you, you see there's memes about people that are laying in bed with their phone above their head and they fall asleep and their phone knocks them, you know, hits them in the forehead and they're like, oh, maybe I should go to sleep. Oh, well, maybe I'll just check this one more thing. So I think all of that, that information that is, that is circling out and a lot of it at this point, very negative based or more so fear based, creates this anxiety that starts 
if you get up at six o'clock in the morning or you get up at five o'clock in the morning and maybe, you know, maybe you are working right now, but there's three or four times throughout the day you're checking on that. Then you get home and you're, you know, maybe you have a little dinner, then you're back on it. You got TV on, you're watching the news. Like there is no external vantage point. You're not, you're not looking at anything else that is going on in your, in your, in your life besides what is happening on your device. And I think that leads to that anxiety. It leads to that fear. It leads to people living day to day, week to week, now month to month, nine months, going on a year in this uh, this cyclone that is all based on negativity. And they become introverted and they become not wanting to go out. And, and even if the rains are off, even if you are able to go out and, and do certain things, which thankfully in Wisconsin we have we have some ability to go out and, and enjoy some things in a limited capacity. But you, I mean, this could be when we see the numbers, I'll say it like this, when we see the numbers someday, and I don't know when that day is going to be, it could be 2022, 2025, when somebody does the research on the effects outside of the virus itself of COVID, everything from the suicide rate, domestic violence, uh, but really the the change in people's mentality of how they interact with other humans, how they view themselves and how they live their lives in fear instead of just living their lives and experiencing all there is to experience. I think those numbers are going to really, if you can quantify them, if you could put them on a scale next to where we're at numbers wise with the results and the effects of COVID, there's going to be some eye opening things I think that come out of this when that research is eventually done. You know, there's actually already um, some preliminary research that has been done. And I just want to say, you know, anything that has the power to do good has also the power to do bad. Mm. And so, you know, social media um, can be a good thing. Mm. You know, it can connect people. It's a great way for uh, e-commerce, um, you know, um, you know, to it, it, it's got it's got its good side, right. particularly when it comes to young kids. Um, my concern is self-worth is based on likes and follows, right? You know what I mean? And so, and even that, if it's, if, if the self-worth is, is strong, it's really built on a house of cards. Mm -hmm. The self-worth isn't built on likes and follows. So either way, it, it has, it has a negative effect on kids. So it's, it's a concern, but you know, there's a lots of hardships that, that people have suffered and experienced, um, Think about this. And this was as of August 31st of 20. 163,700 businesses have closed their doors mm -hmm. since the start of the pandemic. Of those, 60%, 97,000 and change are now permanently closed. So meanwhile, the collective wealth, get this, of, the, of 60, 655 one billionaires rose by more than 36%. How does that work when everybody else has been struggling for the most part? And, and um, interesting enough, they, they found with, with Brits, um, over 3 million of them have gone without food at some point during this process. And a Canadian survey found that, um, and this was published in October, 22% of Canadians experienced high anxiety levels and four times greater than pre-pandemic levels. And 13% reported severe depression and drug overdose and epidemics have significantly worsened in Canada. And, and in Japan, which didn't implement any lockdowns at all, mm. their statistics show in October of 2020, more people died of suicide than they died of COVID. So the numbers are there. They're not being reported. Mm must give you pause why right why isn't that information available and if you go and you google it it's very very hard to find so it's being suppressed why is that the case i don't have an answer but it's sure suspicious yeah and there's a lot of i think when you do start to do research um that's the first thing that you realize is that the information that uh you would question or you would it would give you pause to say but well, i i wonder like I was talking about the ramifications outside of the, the virus itself on things like domestic violence, things like suicides, uh, depression, anxiety. Um, it is more difficult to find those things 
why? Again, uh, you have you and I have the same answer for that. I'm not sure. It, it seems like information that in April I could readily look up and ta-da, here would be, you know, a couple of great, you know, studies, some research that have been done. But it does seem like a lot of information is being suppressed. And and you and I can get into a whole, I mean, from my 20 years in radio, I'm a huge, you know, First Amendment free speech guy. So I want, I don't, I don't really like just listening to one particular, uh, we'll say narrative. Uh, I like to really listen to a lot of different angles and then be able to step back, take in all the information and be able to make a, an educated decision on my own. But the trouble is that that's not, that is more challenging than just turn on TV, look at my newsfeed and get the information that is, that is coming at me. Because if you have to do research, that takes time, time, energy. And a lot of people are, are without that for whatever specific reason. So there's a lot of question marks around um, around the numbers uh, around the uh, because you, you can you can get the numbers on on COVID. I have them right up here. Total cases twenty two point seven million cases in the last seven days one point seven million. You know total deaths. The, all that 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 information is readily available. It's one click at uh, cdc.gov, and I got that information. But to dig a little deeper to find out the other ramifications of it economically, again, it's continuing to have an effect on the economy. But in other aspects, uh, it's a little more difficult to find that information. And again, if that doesn't raise your eyebrow a little bit to why that is, maybe it should. Hopefully listening to this podcast, you'll go, hmm, hmm. Me in the back, I'm going to raise my hand because I have a couple of questions. But it's, um, it's, it's a strange time. And I think um, a lot of, uh, in my opinion, at least, a lot of what we're seeing on on the political side of things, and I don't want to get too too uh, too deep down that rabbit hole, but I think a lot of what we've witnessed has a lot to do with the current state of everybody's mentality. I think because of lockdowns, I think because of information, misinformation, people not understanding why from county to county, city to city, state to state, coast to coast, region to region, lake to lake, the rules are all different. Like, why aren't we being... You know, why, how, how is this virus supposedly different here? Now, I understand higher populated areas, there's going to be some different rules that need to be in place. But when you have research that shows certain things are not big, you know, uh, hubs for large outbreaks, and those things are being suppressed out in California. My mother lives out there. I talked to her just the other day, and she's like, I haven't got my hair done in 10 months. You know, she's, you know, she has to go outside. She's walking outside, and people are putting masks up. And I'm like, you are outside, right? And how far? Well, they're on a different trail. I'm like, I know you hate snow, Mom, but, you know, bring it on back. Yeah. Bring it on back to the W. We'll, we'll walk outside mask-free. It'll be amazing. But there is just there's, there's so many questions in the air. And I think one of the things that I know I wanted to talk to you about specifically that I really think is not being talked about and, and I think there's a plethora of reasons for it, and that is just general overall health. You know, the comorbidity factor is, uh, is 2.5. There's 2.5 comorbidity factors um, for COVID. So basically, you have, there's always at like two to two and a half underlying things, you know, conditions that are happening for those who are, in fact, not just infected with COVID, but those who ended up, you know, getting severely ill and for those who end up passing away. There's obviously the age uh uh, the ages that are in there, 65 plus, obviously those numbers are very high where you have, you know, the younger population, younger generations are are less susceptible. But it seems like just generally being healthy, supplements that are readily available, that have been scientifically proven to stop COVID, that have been proven to keep you, you know, not just from COVID, but your, to, to supercharge your immune system readily available. These things are just not being discussed. And I, I'm not sure if you have an answer to why that is, but I entertain your thoughts. Well, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's been one of my biggest concerns and, and unanswered questions since the beginning of this. And look, I, I can, I can give you my, my, my take on why that's the case. For some, it may sound conspiratorial. Mm. Uh, 
but I have no good reason why it's not other than the fact that there's a lot of money in sickness, number one. Mm. Okay? Does that mean that we don't want society to be, you know, we want people to get sick and die? I don't think that's the case. It's not what I'm saying. And I also want to make this note here is, is some of the things, you know, that you and I may talk about today about this particular topic may be completely new to your listeners. In fact, I would suggest most of it is going to be completely new. I don't know how much we're going to talk about this topic, but I've spent nine months just researching, reading journals. I'm kind of weird that way. And, and I've done nine podcasts myself on COVID. I had a team of experts on, we've discussed this. So, because I think the, I think our responsibility as citizens is to be informed, number one. Mm. Number two is to question always, particularly authority. The assumption that those in authority have our best intentions in mind, I think it's been proven more times in history that, that, that you cannot guarantee that. You mm. cannot accept that as a truth. And so therefore, you have a responsibility to yourself and your family to inform yourself to the best of your ability so you can make the best decisions for you and your family. That's number one. Number two, why is it that thousands, tens of thousands of preeminent experts in every field of, of, of health, virologists, epidemiologists, scientists, biologists, researchers are being censored left and right? What altered universe did I wake up in where there's no longer a dialogue because there is enough contrarian science, okay? I love it when I, I love it. One of the reasons I got off social media, I was so pretty much fed up with all the social media medical experts. Oh, yes. You know? uh, it's just amazing how social, how social media makes everybody a, a, an expert, mm. you know? I've had 35 years in healthcare and, and research. And, and so, and I'm humble enough to, I don't know every, everything by any stretch of the imagination. I'm still learning, still expanding my mindset, but I know a lot about biology. I know a lot about physiology. I know a lot about human anatomy. And any logical, objective human being has got to say to yourself, why are they being censored? Mm. Why don't they want me to hear these things? What are they hiding? Why isn't a conversation, if, if there's confliction within the science, why isn't that being discussed? I bet you most of your listeners don't know that nearly 75% of all medical science is done by pharmaceutical companies, approved by pharmaceutical companies. Hmm. Who, by the way, is selling you their product. So this is the aspect where I say to you, I think it's profit motive. Mm. It's, it would be, it's, it's so much easier to say to somebody, here are the five nutrients you need to make sure you're sufficient in to reduce your chance of getting sick. And if you do get sick, re significantly reducing your chance of having a poor outcome or death. Mm -hmm. It's really simple. And we know it. I mean, there's hundreds, if not thousands of studies on vitamin D. Yep. Right. We know how important vitamin C, even intravenously early on during COVID is. Now, I don't know if that's being done in hospitals. Maybe it is. I haven't heard much about it. Um, we also know how important zinc and magnesium are mm -hmm. as well, too. Now, interesting enough, think about this, right? Researchers have found that people have metabolic syndrome. Now, these are people who have heart um, diabetes or, or overweight or they have um, high cholesterol lifestyle. I call them lifestyle diseases because they can be altered with change in lifestyle, right. except type, type 1 diabetes. Um, we know that with metabolic syndrome, obesity, diabetes, all those things, it worsens the outcome from COVID-19 as well as other infections, right? The, like the common flu and obesity 
also increases the duration that you carry the virus and you share it longer. So in other words, so here, so people who talk about masks, mm. you're not being responsible by not wearing a mask because you're harming other people. Let's even assume that's true. Mm. <laughs> being overweight is doing the same thing. You're carrying the virus longer. So I have a responsibility to you, but you don't have a responsibility to me. You understand what I mean? Yeah. So it's essentially negative in a society that tends to be in, in a really poor metabolic state. And there isn't a species on earth unhealthier than humans and no place worse than in the US. We are the sickest population anywhere in the world with the quote unquote best healthcare system. And so the reason we're having poor outcomes is because people are nutritionally deficient, they're overweight, they're, un, they're, they're uh, deconditioned, and, uh, and unfortunately too many people are unwilling to do anything about changing it. Yeah, I mean, that's the, uh, it feels like the free pass. Um, and I know there's a lot of, uh, you know, people can call it, fat shaming and you can call it, well, there's just, there's so many things out there where, you know, it, it's, it's not okay. It's okay to call somebody who smokes now, you know, it, it, 20, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, 50 years ago, it was like smoking was just something people did. Now it is like, you know, it's like you see somebody smoking and they're within 25 feet of a building and they can get a fine, you know? So that's like, it, that, that's smoke shaming. Like, that's cool. Like, but we haven't gotten to a point yet where, you know, even having a conversation, having dialogue with somebody about about health and nutrition, is is a safe space because the automatic, I think, reaction is, you're, I'm being fat shamed. Um, you know, you're calling me out on, on my weight, and, and obviously there's there's going to be downside to that. And I was uh, I was just listening to uh, to a podcast. Uh, Dr. Mark Gordon, I believe, was on it, um, and he was talking about exactly the same supplements that you talked about. So again, this, you know, him, he knows them. I know them. these things that are readily available that you, that if you knew that you should be putting in your body, vitamin D3, zinc, magnesium, um, you know, we talked about inophores a little bit, which is, uh, you know, like turmeric is one of them. Uh, is it cortison is another one also, uh, and, and this, I don't know if we're going to get flagged for this, but, um, Hydrochloroquine. Anybody remember that whole thing? Uh, it's also, you know, they're like everybody just had a flashback to wait. What? All that is is an inophore, which really helps those specific, especially zinc, get into your cell. And what zinc has been shown to do is to be able to stop the coronavirus and other viruses like it from attaching itself to your cell and thus, you know, reproducing itself and causing the infection. So these things. You can get all of those things, you know. Talks about DE, uh, DHEA uh, in there. Uh, pregnenolone, I think, is another one he has in there. So there's like the super pack of things, uh, these supplements that you could be taking to fight your, to get your immune system back up. Not just during COVID, right? Not just during all these, these are just things to be able to go up. Nobody wants to be sick. No one wants to get the flu. No one, the comic. Nobody wants any of that. It's it's miserable. It's horrible. You feel dumb for like a week even after you recover because all the things that it does to your body and, and, and the brain drain and you just, you're not in a good spot. And for uh, now nine and nine months and 15 days to flatten the curve uh, here we are with this, this readily uh, accessible information with these readily accessible supplements and vitamins and hardly any, and nobody in mainstream media, nobody at the CDC, Fauci, nobody saying, Hey, um, Actually, I, I, I do think I saw something on the CDC. They, they finally said something about, well, you know, zinc levels uh, across the country are relatively low. I'm like, well, that's good. Like, where was this information back in March when we could have, you know, been like, oh, here's a super pack of vitamins. I should, we should market that, Dr. J. Like, here you go. Yes. Here's, here's your VitaPack. You know, take this for, for immune system uh, boosting and to help you protect, help protect you from this. But a lot of this information, and this goes back to what we were talking about with having to really dig in to find any of the numbers about the other effects of, of lockdowns and, 
and safer at home and, and kids being home from school. It's just, it's, it seems like it's tougher to find that information. And the, if it, again, another reason, if you're not raising your eyebrow at things, if you're just learning about these, these supplements on this podcast of all podcasts that are available out there, you're welcome first and foremost, but you got to start, you know, you got to start asking questions and you got to start, you know, really doing due diligent research because you know what? Everybody's sick of this shit. Nobody wants to, you know, like, we're like, we're done. Like, okay, let's just, let's, there's not going to be a new normal. I mean, we, we kind of all have come to the, uh, the logic that just the way that I think COVID has transformed us as human beings and how we interact with others. It's if we get back to where we used to be, it's going to take a long time, but people got to have knowledge. They got to find, find out what's going on in real, in real life. Yeah, and, and I didn't want to cover talk much about this topic because it's just it's it's like gasoline. But right. uh, I did a podcast on the unintended consequences of wearing masks mm-hmm. and the impact, social impact it's having, um, and and will have um, for a very very long time. Um, if you think this is all occurring, you know, in a bubble and there's no repercussions long term, you're delusional. Right. You really are. You know what I'm saying? I want to get back to the, the you had talked about um, zinc. You know, when you take zinc on the onset of feeling cold or a flu or corona, whatever the case may be, by taking 75 milligrams a day can cut the duration of your sickness up to six to seven days, yeah. almost a week. Cut it. And the thing about vitamin D, and, you know, this is probably some of the stuff that people don't know. Um, way over, particularly us here in the Norman, North, Northern Hemisphere in, in Wisconsin, because we lack um, sunlight, you know, for a significant portion of the year. By the time we get to February, even people who are supplementing with vitamin D, our levels have dropped low. And over 85% of the population in the Northern Hemisphere, particularly, have got significantly depleted vitamin D levels below 20 nanograms per deciliter. I've seen research that indicates when it drops below 20, if it stays there, it's 100% guarantee of getting cancer. Mm. 100%. Because vitamin D activates 2,000 genes, and including with vitamin K, dependent proteins, um, if your levels are high, it actually repairs your genes. So, And it also um, is a powerful antimicrobial and antiviral peptide. Mm. So, you know, my recommendations I've done, you know, for my clients my, um, is you want your vitamin D levels to be anywhere between 60 and 100, hmm. right? Um, I had mine tested not long ago. I was at 81. Um, actually, just prior to surgery, I had it tested. So I do it in this time of the year, and then I'll do it again in the summer. Right. Uh, so do it twice a year. It's not an expensive test unless you go to a typical health facility. Then they'll charge you. Uh, so when I went in for my pre-op test, she wanted me to get a um, vitamin T test. And uh, I said to her, yeah, sure. And she said, uh, and I said, well, how much is that? She goes, it's about $350. And I said, no, thanks. I said, I can order it myself for 40 so let's think about the markup there anyway i've got a little sidetrack there um but you know you need the magnesium as well too um because it 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 requires it 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 impacts immune cell function um and if your magnesium levels are low um your immune function is going to be altered as well too so all these work in concert together so instead of saying well i'm going to take vitamin d Okay, I have no problem with that. But you need to be taking vitamin D with K2 mm. because without K2 in it, vitamin D levels as they begin to rise can oxidize arterial walls and harden them. So you get atherosclerosis. So the K2 is keeps makes sure it doesn't become oxidized and it gets actually into the cells and utilized for proper sufficiency as, as necessary. What, what I'm just trying to get to here, Coop, is this. People have way more control over their well-being than they ever imagined. Mm-hmm. And they should, be, they should be more focused on lifestyle and choices they're making each and every day, which will have a far greater outcome and far greater impact 
on whether they get sick, don't get sick. If they get sick, how bad? Reducing their chance against every chronic disease that now exists and has been exploding in this country. How important is it, uh, you talked a little about, about blood work, um, and I think it's something that it is, not that it's new, but it feels like understanding where you're deficient. Um, and again, I'm somebody who supplements fairly regularly. I, I try to do the research behind it. Like, okay, well, like you talked about vitamin D without K2, like, like, okay, great. You're taking this, but how it all functions. But, you know, for, for a person to go in, how important is it to, to, to go in, get that blood work done so that you can say, or your, or your medical professional or, or whatever, if you, the at-home kit, however you get it done to, to really look at your levels and understand, okay, it, here's where I need to supplement. Here's where maybe in my diet, I'm getting enough of these things. I'm getting enough, you know, uh, calcium, getting enough, you know, vitamin, uh, the other vitamins that are important, you know, outside of a multi. How important is that for people to, uh, to really look at so they have an understanding of exactly where they are deficient? Because I don't, I don't think that many of the population is aware if you said, well, you know, I'm feeling a little iron deficient today. Like it, it takes it takes until something really bad happens, or you have a long you know you have a elongated you know fatigue, or you're like man you know I'm getting enough rest and and I'm and I'm exercising. It's like I don't understand why I really feel this way until people maybe take action on it. But how important is it for people to to get that blood work done so they do have a comprehensive understanding of exactly what they need to be putting in their bodies outside of their regular diet because. Newsflash, you can't get all the things you need to function optimally just by eating. Uh, yeah, especially the American diet. Right. Cheeseburgers. Even if you were eating the cleanest, purest, totally organic diet, I'm talking organic fruits, vegetables, mm -hmm. meats, you're still going to be deficient in about three or four supplements because it's impossible to get from our diet. Right. You know, um, I'm releasing a podcast next week um, with a, a one of the preeminent nutritional companies that I've been working with, my team has been working with for over a decade, uh, Nutritional Dynamics. And um, I have uh, one of their executives on, been with the company for 40 years. And uh, and I knew this, but I, I forgot. He said to me, he goes, he goes you know, a, um, a spinach salad in 1960 and, and, and now, you would need to have 11 bowls of that spinach salad to get the same nutrients that were in that back in the 60s. Wow. Okay. So it's from soil depletions. Right. It's pesticides. You know, it's, you know, we can go on forever. Um, back to your question. I'm an evidence-based guy, mm -hmm. right? I don't like to randomly shoot at things just hoping that it would work. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. Right. And it may make it worse. See, that's the thing. Nutritional science has come such a long way. When I first started 30-something years ago and where it is now, it's night and day. Mm -hmm. And so as uh, we have continued to expand our knowledge and our practice, we do two things. We do blood work and we do um, DNA testing. Mm -hmm. Why? Because we want to know exactly based on your genetic makeup and based on whatever insufficiencies that you may be experiencing that we target specific and then just don't shoot in the dark. Because as you mentioned before, iron. Hmm. Iron is one of the most abused supplements. People just take it. You never want to take iron if you don't need it. Right. Because it's really bad for your heart and circulatory system. So evidence-based. Um, I would suggest to your listeners, find a practitioner who is well-versed, well-trained, who does DNA blood testing analysis. Um, and one point I want to make final about um, supplementations. There's a lot of garbage on the market. Mm. AMA said in 2009, 92% of retail supplements are not absorbable, what we call bioavailable. Bio that means only 8% is utilized. 92% winds up in your toilet and in the uh, city sewer plant, okay? So A, you're wasting your money. B, because the lack of quality of those supplements causes additional oxidative stress. So oxidative stress is where it 
these, the, this is precursors to all underlying um, chronic disease, cancer, heart disease. So, so literally you could be contributing to what you're trying to prevent right. when you take four supplements. And so the podcast we talk about is how to identify quality supplements, why it's important to make sure you're purchasing quality supplements. Um, so the bioavailability, you're getting what you're taking and you're taking what you need. No, super important to, uh, to understand, especially, uh, if you are making that investment, which I think is, uh, if you look at healthcare costs, you look at everything else, the, the most important thing you can invest in is your health. And I think supplementation, and we, I think mentioned a lot of great things on here today about do the right thing. And if you're going to be investing money in supplements, make sure that you're, you're getting, what you need out of them. Otherwise it's, again, I know there was, there was a big bang theory where, you know, Sheldon Cooper goes, why are you buying that multivitamin? You know, it's that hard pack multivitamin. You can't break open with a hammer. Yeah. <laughs> you may as well just flush it down the toilet because you're getting the same, uh, the same amount of result out of the whole thing. Uh, but definitely do your research on, on what you're taking with your supplements. And I want to, I want to get you out of here on this cause I didn't want uh, to, to spend a whole lot of time on, on, on the vaccine and things that are, are coming down the pike. But, Obviously, there was uh, this tremendously quick uh, creation of an RNA vaccine, which has never been done before. Never happened in the history of of mankind. We've we've made viruses. I, I think the I was reading the H one N one vaccine was like six months. You know, it came out pretty quickly. But this is a completely different animal. Um, and, and to 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 avoid more flagging of uh, of this particular live stream uh, podcast. Uh, hydrochloroquine. Um, what questions do people need to ask before? Because again, we're all, I want to say I'm going to stand back and wait situation right now, but what questions do people need to ask, really ask before blindly going in and, and, and getting this vaccine and thinking that everything is going to be great once everybody has it? Because I think there's been some, some verbiage that has come out about even after it's still going to be the same. And people, I think that's maybe started to, again, raise that eyebrow on, on some people as well. So your thoughts on people or questions that people should ask before, uh, before getting the vaccine, whether it's the Pfizer or the Moderna or, or any other one that's coming out. Yeah. You know, this issue is such a personal issue. Um, mm -hmm. and people are, are very passionate about one side or the other. And I respect both positions. And I think that's what's great about living in a country like in which we do is people can choose what's best for them. I have a real issue when someone tries to decide what's best for me because my biological makeup is different than yours, right? right? Um, you might get a vaccine or I might get a vaccine. It does really fine for me. It, it has no repercussions, at least not in the immediacy, might long-term, mm. don't know that. Um, and you may get it and have, you know, transverse myelitis and get paralyzed because that's what's been happening, right. you know, as one of the complications of, of this vaccine and so on and so forth. So who am I to tell you what you need to do? Again, do your own research, make a decision, you know, because that decision could have serious consequences. So now while the vaccine is sold, you know, as a way to end the pandemic and return us to the uh, normal. Mm. You know, it can't, it can't. And, 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 and since it's only been, you know, evaluated for its ability to lessen COVID-19, right? It only reduces the symptoms. It doesn't eliminate the risk of infection. It doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. Mm. You know, I, I saw, I saw a meme. Oh God, I, I, I don't want to screw this up. But it was funny as hell. Um, my wife showed it to me because every once in a while she'll show me things like that because she knows I'm on my social media diet. That's <laughs> taking a break. Do wearing a condom and having sex. Imagine if you can wear a condom, or you would wear a condom during sex, but yet you're still, you know, a really good chance you're going to get pregnant. Well, what's the point? Right. So my point is, what's the point? Now, here's here's something really important. I don't want to make a joke out of this, mm -hmm. right? So while some COVID-19 vaccines have been granted emergency use, you know, and utilization, they still yet have not completed stage three clinical trials. And the data points won't be collected for up to 24 months after the injections. 
Ladies and gentlemen, you are participating in the largest um, study in history. We won't know the effects of taking this vaccine for a minimum until 2023, January of 2023. Now we do know, how do I know this, right? Done my research. Cool. If I did the research and the research said to me, greatest thing since sliced bread, zero risk, 100% guarantee not getting COVID, 100% immunity the rest of your life, I'm all in. Mm. I'm all in. Makes sense to me, right? No risk, all reward. Not the case. Not the case. So the adverse side effects, again, are still relatively unknown. There have been reports of people dying, medical people, quite a few, not getting to the media. There was just one the other day um, because they're not going to promote that stuff. No. Right? So it's it's unknown whether, um, and it's suspected that there may be some fertility issues um, making females sterile. And so it's not recommended for pregnant, um, uh, childbearing women who are considering becoming pregnant. Mm -hmm. What does that tell you? That would be a concern to me. Yeah. So here's the question. What will it do to kids? Mm. We don't know. So you asked me to come up with some questions. What I'm doing is opening up the concept. Are you okay with taking that risk if you gave mm -hmm. it to your kid and didn't know until they were in their early 20s that became sterile because of this vaccine they took. How would you feel? Yeah. You know, or five years from now, you talked about the brand new technology of using messenger RNA as a way of delivering the antigen into, and so then the body recognizes and creates its own antibodies, right? Which has mm -hmm. never been done before. They've tried to come up with coronavirus vaccines for 30 years and they failed. In fact, the guy who led the research study, even last year, and this is a guy, now get this, right? He's the head of Baylor Medical School. Mm. He said, he said, you could take up to 100 vaccines a day and you would be fine. Now, I, I don't know where he, he got that information. I don't know if I would buy into that. Mm. But even he said, they will never develop an effective coronavirus vaccine because they've tried it for 30 years. And all of a sudden now it's fast tracked hmm. in nine months hmm. without it. So they bypass stage one. So what's stage one? Animal trials. Every time they, they, they came up with a prospective vaccine they thought could work, they go to stage one, which is animal trials. And every time, every time those animal experience what they call a super response. So, they would get injected and their immune systems would like go on hyper, right? And create this cytokine storm causing all sorts of nasty stuff, including death in these primates. Every time they, they developed it, thought it had a possibility, went to stage one, they shut it down. So now we're in stage two, all right? Delivering it and then stage three, is what we're going to see over the next two years. So I don't know, man. I, I'm not comfortable with it. Um, I certainly would be comfortable with it for my kids or granddaughter. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also want the opportunity to choose for me. You do you. I'll right. do me. Yeah. And I think that gets into a, a, a another great podcast we could have is talking about just some of the things that are out there on the table. And, and this you know gets more away from... COVID itself into, into human rights and to constitutional rights. And, you know, there's, there's just, there's just, I mean, if you dig below the surface, cause this is not stuff you're going to see on the nightly news. It's not stuff you're going to read on the lo local news. You have to do the research on it, but there are things that are being under the cover of darkness under the cover of night. It seems like, uh, you know, being brought into, uh, into idea, like the, the chance for them to, you know, inoculate children 
without their parents' permission during school. I mean, there's now there's just things that are out there. Again, hasn't been passed yet, but it's. I mean, it, to to know that that those types of things are being brought up. And again, you and I had a great conversation back in March. We had a great. Uh, I'm going to say it was a back and forth because you're both on the same page about non-elected officials making decisions for for us and our health. And again, it goes back to I'll make my decision. You make your decision. If we do our research, everything will be uh, hopefully okay. Hopefully in 24 months, we're not all just like, okay, well, we didn't take the vaccine, so we got to fight the zombies off now. This is where the apocalypse comes in because we didn't, you know, didn't fully do that uh, that stage three research. It was just a large clinical trial on the populace. But I do- Not in the dark. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's like uh, you know, it's like stormtroopers in Star Wars. Like they, they, those assholes can never shoot anything. You know, just ping, ping, ping. They're just like shooting, and hopefully at one point they, you know, they get, uh, they get a Wookiee in the shoulder, and that's it. You know, they're just, they're just not good. But a lot of great information, uh, Doctor J, and I appreciate it because I know that uh, you are a diligent researcher and you, you do scrape below the surface things that you're not going to find. It's not going to be in the first four things that come up on Google when you do a search. You're going to have to scroll down a little bit, and uh, and even dig from there. But um, I know you've you've done your research. You know what you're talking about. And and uh, for me personally, learning stuff on this podcast and for the listeners and those who are viewing right now, uh, we thank you for uh, for doing that research because, again, a lot of eyebrow raising. A lot of hmm, hmm, hmm. And it should be. Yeah. I mean, that's that's not the natural human state should be inquisitive. Absolutely. Is you know, um, I, I put a post up on my uh, Facebook page. If you could choose one, which one would you choose? Right? Um, certainty or curiousness? And it blew me away. I thought most people would choose certainty because a lot of people are uncertain about whatever, right? Right. But but seventy percent of respondents came back with curiosity, and I love that right. because curiosity is what expands the mind. Curiosity is where is where is 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 at the forefront of learning. If we just have to be certain and comfortable all the time, and somebody take care of us and pat us on the back and make us feel good and give us cookies and milk, we're doomed. We're doomed as a as as a species. Because all innovation came with the concept, what's possible? Mm -hmm. And if you could start with what's possible and go from there, life could be pretty cool, really. Right. I mean, you look at a guy like like Elon Musk. Um, yeah. I mean, just you want to talk about uh, that. He doesn't want certainty. I mean, he, he wants to make yeah. sure that you know the, the rockets go up, but he wants to he wants to learn at every single uh, point because. I mean, when your goal is to colonize Mars because we've fucked this planet up so bad, you know, you, you got to ask questions. You got to be like, um, where are those uh, those big caverns we need to find so we can get away from the toxic radiation on Mars? I mean, you have to be curious about those things. But there's a lot to be said about that, and it and it's inspiring, I think. And it must have been for you to see that. Okay, good. People still have this innate uh, desire to learn more, to to want to understand more. And I guess it gives you hope because, you know, those the people that have that hopefully will go off and they will do the finite research. They will look into things. They will ask questions. And that's been a big, a big strange part of this whole thing is it feels like something we talked about before we started today. We grew up questioning all authority. That's what there were freaking songs written about it. John Cougar oh, Mellencamp. Yeah. The whole 60s was about anti-authoritarianism. You questioned your parents. You questioned your teachers. Yeah. So, 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 coup. The people who are in charge right now were anti-authoritarians mm -hmm. as sixties, right? Free love, pot, whatever, right? Whatever you do, you fine. Now they're running the show, and it's you follow me, and don't you ever question anything that I say because I know better than you because I'm smarter than you. Man, you got to run from that mindset. Right. Run from that mindset. Well, let's see. They, they get. They said pot's okay now, so that's that was like their that was like you know leaving a cookie behind. Like, hey, um, yeah. so it's cool. Like, pot's cool now. Like, we were wrong. The whole like you know seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousand. We were wrong. So there's there's your there's your little cookie. There's your your treat. Now just everything else. Right. Make sure you just keep on following the train because uh, you know it's gonna leave without you. But 
Yeah, man. Uh, a, a lot of great, a uh, lot of great points on this one. And uh, I appreciate your time. I'm glad that you're, uh, you're doing better. The power, passion, prosperity podcast, a uh, bunch of great episodes. You're doing a bunch of great things. And again, furthering the knowledge, you know, that curiosity, if people are, are truly curious about, you know, how this is all working, not just with COVID, but Dr. J does great things. You talked about entrepreneurship and how, you know, how to manage through all of these things, supplementation, asking the questions that, that, nobody's asking. Uh, you're doing great things. And, and I appreciate you taking some time off to, uh, to fill me in, to fill the listeners in. It, uh, it means a lot. You know, we're all, we're all in this together, except are we in this together? Are we? Are we? <laughs> I, I hope so. Cause it's yeah. the only way we can get through it. You know what I mean? We can't, a country divided will fall. I didn't yeah. say that. I can't remember who said that. Um, but a nation divided will fall. And, um, we've got a lot of healing to do. We do. Dr. Jay LaGuardia, uh, appreciate you. Make sure you follow his page on Facebook, uh, Dr. Jay LaGuardia. You can, that's the only place he's posting. So don't try to friend him because he's he's on a sabbatical. He's uh, he's on he's on the great sure. uh, <laughs> the great cleanse of social media, that's which right. is which is doing great things. I might take your advice on that. That sounds like a great plan. Uh, thank you again, sir. Uh, I appreciate it, man. My privilege. Anytime, man. I enjoy our conversation. Awesome. Dr. Jay LaGuardia, always a pleasure to have you on, sir. Uh, for all of you who uh, who tuned in, who are live on uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on our Instagram, we're on uh, the Twitch, we're, we're everywhere right now with this thing. And still haven't been taken down, so I guess that's a good sign. Maybe the, the fact checkers haven't checked our facts yet. Uh, but you can uh, also follow us on all of those social media sites. Welcome to Cooperville Podcast, at No Limit Cooper on all those as well for my personal stuff on Twitch, twitch.tv slash No Limit Cooper, and whatever podcast platform you're listening on, you can subscribe and get updates and uh, and leave a comment, leave a, leave a rating. That also helps us out with uh, help getting the word out. We appreciate it. And to Midwest Meals and Monster Energy, thank you for sponsoring the podcast. If you have interest in sponsoring the podcast and keeping the free speech revolution going, uh, cooper at welcometocooperville.com, and uh, we'll make things happen. So thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate you. Take care of one another. We'll chat soon.